Our goal at Maine Athletic Fundraising is to raise you the most amount of money in the shortest period of time, hassle-free. To learn more, visit them online at maineaf.com. I'm here with uh, Oak Hill head football coach Station Doucette. Uh, coach, it's getting dark a little earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, with people getting out of school 2, 2.20, whatever, getting practice at 2.20, 2.30, it pushes the time uh, before it gets dark. Yeah, yeah, we're doing the best we can. Um, we're practicing uh, certain things early and then walk and talk later as it gets darker. Sure. Just one, safety is a priority. And um, so this time of year, that's what you're trying to brush up on anyway, is the mental part of the game and making sure you're covered offensively and defensively. So, um, yeah, it is definitely part of the practice plan or scheme. Does it do any good to get started outside and then come in the gym? Yeah, sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Usually yeah. kids lose focus. Lose focus, yeah. Inside. And uh, then, then you're wasting your time. The old rule of thumb is uh, an hour outside is better than two hours inside. Sure. So it, that's where we're kind of going with it. So um, a, lot of, a lot of things going on this week. And um, the ends of gr- grades and uh, kids are doing that. And a lot of distractions. But uh, I think our upperclassmen have made sure that we weren't having too many distractions. Good. You know, the team was business as usual, and uh, today's a big practice for us, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, Wednesday's always a big day. Now, I was just talking to one of your assistants. He said you went to, to a base last night. Well, yeah. yesterday in practice under the light. Yeah, we didn't want uh, weather conditions here when it's sure. raining. It gets kind of sloppy, and it's not a lot of spots to practice on this time of year. There's not a lot of grass left. Um, so we want to just uh, make sure we did our stuff, and uh, it was a very, very good practice. I thought the kids had a bounce in their step. and uh, We didn't have a very long one, but we were quick to everything, and uh, we, we are, we're very fast each drill or each session. Yeah, you know, I I think every once in a while, that I think that's a great idea. When I used to have lights at Scott Weekend, every once in a while, middle of the week, we'd I'd make arrangements. We'd, we'd practice on the lights. Just, yeah. just something different. They'd all be jacked up, and we'd yeah. have a short, boom, you know, go for it and get out. And yeah. It's kind of nice. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. The change is good this time of year. It starts to get stale. Yeah, I think that they get uh, mentally fatigued as well as physically. Uh, but mentally, I just think to stay focused on the same, you know, I mean, there's just so many different ways you can run <laughs> drills. There's, I mean, there's a dozen or so. You're going to do those a lot. And I think they get to the point where they go, oh, not this again. I mean, it's just human nature. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But uh, we, we've, we've tried to keep things um, interesting and fun we always do during the playoffs so it's a new season oh absolutely it's a new it's a second season um, so we preach about that and even though it's going to get dark early we preach about the enjoyment of practicing the dark I believe there's only 36 teams left no that's right so there's yeah. only 36 teams that are working they the go dock. fast now yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still a rivalry game yeah is the fact that it's playoffs and rivalry is it What's that mean? Is that uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think both teams are pretty focused at the game and not the rivalry. Um, I think uh, uh, there's a lot of good football players on both teams. I believe, um, I, and I think there's good leadership. I don't think the team gets involved with that. I think they're a, a senior-driven team, and they they have focus. And I think we have some kids that have a couple kids that are, have been three-year starters, so they have focus. So I don't, I don't really think nobody lets anybody get out of control or lose the vision of what's more important at this point. So um, and I think both coaches are out to uh, make sure the teams are ready and 
focused and I don't think there's a, a it's a bitter rider. I think I'd like to say it's a very healthy, competitive, um, fierce, good rivalry. Yeah. You know, I was saying when I talked to Mike Hathaway on Tuesday, I was saying when I was at Skowhegan, Mount Blue, Lawrence, Winslow, I mean, those were just, God, no, those were just great rivalries, not the same kind as Lewis and Lisbon because, we, you know, they went across the street you know, a little further. But they were uh, intense. They were fun. It was always a crowd. I don't care if you played them in a snowstorm. There's yeah. going to be a crowd there. And I think it'll be the same for you guys. I think it'll be a big crowd. It'll be a big crowd. It's a playoff game. You might be the only ticket in town. No, that's right. On a Saturday, especially. A lot of of people play Friday nights. Uh, I think, well, right now I'm scheduled to do uh, Freeport at Levitt uh, with with Ryan uh, Palmer. So, um, yeah, I think playoff time, when when you talk to players and kids, you know, I, they remember the regular season when they get older, but you know what? They remember the playoffs. Oh, I agree. Yeah, make some uh, memories. you got to try to survive. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way it goes. Mistakes are uh, am, uh, amplified, and uh, um, we just got to stay away from mental mistakes. Physical mistakes happen. You learn to deal with them. Sure. Just try to stay away from mental mistakes. And, you know, last year, uh, you going in number two and then running all the way to the final was fantastic. I mean, so... I think it's proof to the kids that you just don't know. Once the once the playoffs start in any sport, anything can happen, and you you got to give it your best shot because you yeah. could be going on any given weekend. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah that's they, any given Sunday. They made that a movie, didn't they? Yeah, any given weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, coach, uh, I don't know. I, I know Maddie was waiting, and because as soon as you guys know, make sure Jim lets me know yeah. if they change the place or the time or whatever. Uh, I'm gonna, last year, I, last week, I thought we were going to be here to do uh, your, the game with Madison, and it changed at the last minute. So I'd like to think that maybe I could be there uh, to see you guys play. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the venue of the time will change. I think they're going to want. I think that. I think that's what they're going to go with. Want to go play at home, and can't blame them there. No. All right. Well, thanks, Coach. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. Hope to see you next week. Yep. If you're buying or selling a home, look no further than Whittemore's Real Estate in Skowhegan. Voted best of the best for 22 years running and now celebrating their 50th anniversary. Whittemore's Real Estate has been in business since 1969. They know their community and their people, but most importantly, they know real estate. They specialize in buying and selling single and multi-residential homes, waterfront land, and commercial properties. To see their listings, visit them online at whittemoresrealestate.com. Call 474-3303 or stop by 108 Water Street in Skowhegan. Whittemore's Real Estate is a proud sponsor of tonight's Skowhegan playoff action. Head football coach at Lisbon High School. Coach, uh, you've had the, the bye week now. Uh, how did that go? Did you... You know, not every team gets one. Did you enjoy it or not? Well, it's a weird week, and you know, I think it changes the routine a little bit when you're not working for a particular opponent. But uh, you know, we still practice every day, every day fully. And you know, uh, even though we had a little bit of weather issues in a couple of days, we were able to get outside uh, every day and you know, just kind of work on our stuff and you know, try and get better with everything that we do. And uh, you know, I think it was a productive week for us. Um. I talked to Mike uh, Hathaway about that this morning, about whether or not, because everybody made it, and he didn't get a bye, whether he would rather have one or not. And he said, well, I like it when I've got some guys that are dinged up and you can get them healthy. That that would be really good. So Well, and I think for I think for him this year, you know, granted he didn't get one this year, but they, you know, they've got a lot of injury uh, concerns. But, uh, you know, I think the last two weeks, though, they were able to get up on Morris pretty early, and then they, they obviously got some subs in against Lake Region last week too. So uh, even though he uh, didn't quite have a bye, you know, I think he's, you know, I think he's only played – 
you know, a f- one full game of football in, in two weeks here. So <laughs> Yeah, he um, said that. He yeah. said I got a chance to get everybody in right. and, and whatever. Uh, so rivalry game, uh, it's going to be here, which is good. Uh, how do you feel about that, playing at home? Well, it's always good to be at home. You know, it helps out the boosters, helps out with the gate. And, uh, you know, obviously you're always more comfortable with your team when you're at home. But, you know, I think both teams are so familiar with playing at each location. I mean, we're so so close in proximity. These kids grew up playing at both locations, uh, you know, their entire life. So it's, uh, you know, and Coach Jusette coached here for, you know, 100 years too. So it's not like uh, he's unfamiliar with the routine here. So it's uh, I think it's going to be business as usual for both teams. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get out of there with a win. You know what they used to do when I was in Skowhegan? Because at the time, Skowhegan-Madison was a big rivalry, and Madison was huge. And big a, win for Skowhegan this a, week. Uh, yeah, oh, I guess. Yeah. And a tremendous, both, both in field hockey and football. Yeah. Um, and uh, we used to split the gate. No matter who was at home, we split it. So uh, I always felt they made on that because we always had huge crowds. And they had you know, okay crowds, even when they were really good. But... Uh, but that's interesting how everybody plays that. Yeah, it's nice to be at home. I think you, your kids know their routine. When they show up at the gym, they're not jumping on a bus and you're walking out of the field. However, everybody everybody does a little bit different. So. Well, and you know, when we go to Oak Hill, it takes us longer to load the bus than it does to actually get there. So it's not <laughs> uh, it's not like the bus ride kills us too much on that on no, that that's ride. True. And, uh, it's just kind of one of those weird things. Do you suit up before you go there? Do you uh, change the locker room? And you know. Yeah, I'm assuming uh, Coach Set will probably just come here changed, and you know we usually try to get to the locker room. But uh, you know my kids like to walk around before the game quite a sure. bit, and you know we try to get there you know probably earlier than most teams do. I uh, I always preferred when I coached, unless it was now when I was coaching the Brewer, there weren't many short trips, right. so you had to use the locker room. But otherwise than that, under an hour, I wanted to have our lowers on, get there, walk the field, and play, yeah. and. Uh, so we, we didn't use the locker room before. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah, so I'm a little bit different. You know, I, tr- I try to get there at least uh, two hours before kickoff usually, um, sometimes even, you know, you know, two hours and 15 minutes. And, you know, I like to give the kids, because we're on the field an hour before the game, so I like to give the kids an hour to, you know, listen to their music, do whatever, do whatever they want, and kind of kind of slowly build that up. But, you know, there's there's more than one school thought on that. I know a lot of coaches oh, that get everybody's here. different. They sure. get here, and, you know, it's like they don't even touch the locker room, and they're already on the field. So it's... Uh, um, you know, you kind of go by feel. You know, you know, some teams have a hard time uh, with that routine. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm not against changing that based on the kids we have, but these kids, it seems to work out for them. I didn't know that of you. And when I did that game at Oak Hill two weeks ago, yeah. I kept thinking, why are they on the field so early? I get a little restless too. And but, but that was their senior night too. So I, oh, yeah. so I, I wasn't sure how. Uh, how early they were going to come out because sometimes sometimes you lose 15 20 minutes before the game so um you know we, we got out there we got most of our stuff done and then we just kind of slowed the pace down towards the end of it yeah so. i had a tendency like i said i like to put the lowers on get there uh i wanted us to be almost late so that i could say come on come on come on you gotta hurt you know right. kind of get them anxious and get them i always felt they got the everybody on edge and and then we went out and nobody was flat because right. we got to go right you know but uh, like you say, everybody's different. You ready for this? When I played at Maine, we had a pregame meal at like 9 o'clock in the morning for yeah. a 1 o'clock game. And then they wanted us to go to the racquetball court and lay on a cot in the dark. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I snuck down the back stairs to the training room and sat under the training table and listened to music. And 
looked at my playbook. You know, I was still doing football stuff, but yeah. I couldn't. There's no way I could lay down. I yeah. had a puke. Yeah. I, it just wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't what I could. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, so well, I think you're right. Get your kids their routine, whatever it is. Start them early, and as long as it's always the same. I mean, when I was a player, though, I mean, if we had a home game, I mean, I was always I was here before the coaches a lot of times, and you know, a lot of times you just walk in the field and kind of. Yeah. Getting in that mindset and getting a friend, getting the ball, throwing yeah. it around a little bit. And, you know, and these, yeah. these kids are pretty good, even the freshmen, about you know not not fooling around before the games. I mean, I mean they're uh, you know usually pretty good about focusing themselves up, and you know they keep it pretty loose, but they're sure. you no, know, they also know what they need to do. Yeah. So uh, expecting anything different from uh, Oak Hill? Although they always have something, and you know I, you know I think I think both coaches know that you know neither one of us really showed everything we had, and um, but. You know, we see each other so many times throughout the year as far as like scouting, and you know, we, we have a lot of a lot of common opponents. So you know, uh, you know, I'm sure they have almost every one of our films, I and mean, we have most of theirs. So it's uh, you know, pretty much anything they've done throughout the season. I mean, we've seen, and you know, vice versa sure. for them. So it's uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of executing. And you know, I don't think a gimmick's going to win this game. I think it's just going to come down to you know what we do on the field. No, and, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Well, coach, thanks. Good luck. I don't know if I've got the game. I haven't heard yet. Right. So thank you. If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759, or check them out online, maineathleticfundraising.com. I'm here with Levitt head football coach Mike Hathaway. Uh, coach, a nice win uh, on Friday night? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the kids uh, did a good job. 36 in the first quarter is a pretty good number. That's a good way to start. So uh, clearly they, you know, got themselves ready to play and uh, we stayed healthy, which was which was good. Uh, I got to play a lot of guys and uh, we, we got a few guys back as well uh, from injury. So that, that was cool too. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that you – because you've had all practically a whole backfield other than yeah. Wyatt out. Yeah. Most of them at least back to get a, at least a little playing in before this week. Yeah, Peabody was uh, – he started the game, and, and he's been out for a little while. Um, and he had a couple carries uh, and a catch early in the first quarter. Uh, Deshaun Calder was back as well. He got a few carries. They, they both also played some defense uh, for three or four series. Uh, and then Eddie Kern uh, back for the first time. Uh, since his uh, stress fracture back in August, uh, he's been out since the Oak Hill exhibition. Um, he came wow. in, started the second half, a tailback for us, uh, five carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, it was nice to see see Eddie back, and, and that certainly gives us a nice boost and some fresh legs going into the playoffs. Yeah, I always felt that uh, hearing you talk about how many kids you give the ball to, you know, I, I coached in both an A and a B school, and actually a D school, and uh, – the difference is if your tailback goes down in an A school, they got another one. Right. Maybe two more. Maybe more than that. Yep. <laughs> the further down you go, you're looking around saying, I got to move a wide receiver. Or right. I've got to move, you know. So that it's nice to hear that you've been able, with your program being so strong, to develop that depth. Yeah. And, you know, part of keeping guys healthy is, is probably not overloading one guy with, with a lot of carries or whatever. So we, we've always tried to play a lot of guys uh, on both sides of the ball. But, uh you know, and there's been a few years where we've had a stud tailback who's taken most of the reps, but that's a spot where we like to use some different guys. And, you know, they, they all kind of have their own, you know, skill set. Garrett's uh, Jay Bush is a sprinter, so he's a fast guy on the edge. 
Um, you know, Al's a little bulkier, so he's kind of a tough runner between the tackles, and uh, he's also a good receiver out of the backfield. Deshaun's got a lot of a lot of just speed and vision, so he's you know he's just a naturally gifted you know runner who can who can do a lot. And then uh, you know Eddie's a, a bigger back, um, but he also has good vision. He runs well inside and outside. Um, so it's, it's nice to have those four guys to be able to rotate around. And then you know in the slot we have speed guys like uh, Herman and, and Damian Calder, and then you know a bigger guy like Cam and uh, you know Jaden Banks has given us some good time in the slot as well. He's kind of in between, so. I uh, also got Trevor Bossy back this week, who's a uh, like Cam, kind of a bigger, bigger slot, not as tall, but uh, you know, a bigger blocking type of slot who can uh, catch the ball and run the ball a little bit. And and uh, he played about three quarters of that game on defense for us. So uh, he was a broken leg guy as well. So Ooh. nice to see him back. And Isaiah Bame, who had started for us at guard and nose tackle early on, uh, had, had broken his fibula week two against Freiburg, and uh, he got back in there and started the second half at nose tackle. So. Uh, good, good to see those guys back, and, and certainly nice to have a little, a few more options going into the playoffs. And uh, you know, we're lucky that uh, you know we have kids that care enough to be in the weight room and pay attention to the meetings. So when it's their turn, they step up. And uh, coaches who are good enough to prepare the second and third level kids, so that if something happens, uh, those guys are able to come in and play. Yeah, you know, because it's really easy to say, "Well, I'm hurt. I'm done." You know, as we go home, and you know. It's really great. Yep. You know, because back when I was at Skowhegan, most teams were I, a lot of I formation. Yep. I alternated my tailbacks. Yep. Every two plays. And everybody said, why would you do that? I said, well, one of them is another classman. Yep. So we're getting them ready. Yep. And there's no question that the number one guy was the guy. There isn't any question about right. that. And you can leave them in. You yep. Know? But I always felt that kept them hungry, kept them fresh. The young kid got a chance to play, and the next year he was a dazzled people. So Yeah, we've always tried to play a lot of defensive yeah. tackles, too. I think that's yeah. another spot where, you know, I mean, we're in an odd front, so if we can play six guys a game down there, it, it keeps those guys fresh. The offensive linemen don't have to play, you know, both ways every single series, and uh, you know, usually there's a couple of younger guys who can get in there and, and be aggressive and, and uh, you know, give you a few reps. So, Well, I always say that fresh guy who's maybe 80% as good as the guy who normally starts He's still better off when because he's fresh. Right. He's excited. He wants to prove he should be the, the next guy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I remember it, when we were uh, going like 07, 08, around that time, we had that, that group of seniors who ended up winning in 09. They were sophomores in, in the 07 season. And uh, we had three senior offensive or three senior defensive tackles and three sophomore offensive tackles, and we literally swapped them every single series. And it was almost like a competition between those guys, like sure. you know who's going to play better. And, and it really got everybody playing at a high level. And then you know as those sophomores progressed on, they were, they were pretty good up front for a couple of years for us. Now, coach, uh, Class C decided to have everybody eligible for the everybody makes well eight teams make the yep. playoffs. Um, I kind of have always liked, although you got you can't have a team that's coming on at the end. But I have liked uh, the, like the top four, and because uh, I've told, said before, you I yep. can make the case that you're number seven, but you won your last four games, right? And and can end up saying, "Wow, what a great season we had!" Versus you play, you know, the number two team and get handed it, right? So, yeah, we uh, you know we talked about that. We had our meeting last night um, for to pick all conference and just to kind of go over the the year as a as a league and uh you know we, we kind of talked about that I think when you used to have those 10 team leagues and everybody played everybody and it was a nine game schedule and you know it was basically based on your win loss record sure. I, I think people were you know okay with four teams at, at that time the, the the stinker was if there was a you know a three-way tie in one of those spots or something like that then 
that was a little unfortunate. So I think they kind of expanded it out when that happened a few times. And, and now with the with so many crossover games, I think, you know, the schedules are so inequitable that people feel comfortable going with eight. Like if you look at Poland and Freeport, uh, you know, Poland, uh, they've won, you know, their opponents have won over 70% of their games. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at Freeport and I think theirs are less than 30. So, uh, you know, it, it there is some inequity there. Uh, I think as as a group, we kind of settled on, you know, six might be a pretty good number. Uh, one and two get buys. We've got nine teams in our league. You know, that could change next year, obviously, with some teams going like to eight-man. But, like um, you know, I think it's a good reward for one and two. Um, you know, usually five and six are, are able to play. But you also, if one and two get the buy, you avoid the one, eight, two, seven, you know, blowout games. Although, I, like I said at the meeting last night, we've been the two seed and lost to the seven seed twice. So, uh, it's not like those those don't happen, but uh, you know you you avoid that you know that eight team that might have to forfeit and not you know want to go play the one like with South Portland last year. Yeah. Um, you know so. The other question though on that is because I I like that format the top two and yep. and and you do nine times out of ten you're not gonna get the one versus the you know the, right. the lower seed, really low seed, but I uh, as a football coach I I can't say as I like to buy. Yeah, uh, you you know your your kids have a routine as a, you know, and then do you what do you do with that first week? Do you give them a couple of days off? Do you work them hard and then phase it out at the end of the week? I, I just felt like uh, it disrupted the whole the, the whole rhythm of your season. Yeah, I, I think I've always felt like uh, you know I, I I don't like the buy unless one of my guys gets hurt yeah, in, in that one eight game. You know, <laughs> uh, those years I'm like, damn, I wish I wish we had a buy. So. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. You don't want anybody to get hurt in one of those games. It worked out well for us that we were able to put up points early, get everybody out of the game, and and kind of play our twos and threes. But it doesn't always work out that way. And, um, you know, I, I think with the bye week, we've had that a few times. And, um, you know, I've always – we've kind of played not, not a scrimmage on that Thursday, but uh, the Thursday of the bye week, we've come out and, like, replicated a game. So we'll come out and, you know, it's, it's not high contact, but we'll come out and start with a kickoff. And then our offense will go out there, and, and then, you know, we'll punt one and then go on defense. So it, it's kind of like a simulated game. And, uh, you know, you, you also can kind of, you know, you can prepare for both teams that you might play, uh, which is, you know, a little bit of an advantage, I think, in, in terms of, you know, we, you have a couple of scripts going. So, you know, we, we might do, you know, Monday and Tuesday against one team and uh, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday against the other team or, nice. or whatever. So, uh, you know, because that 4-5 or five matchup is usually a – you know, kind of a pick'em game, so you, you really don't know, uh, and it's hard to get a you know hard to get a head start necessarily uh, when you're preparing for your own game that week as well. So I you know I I think I'd like it uh, with that format a little more than I'd like the the mystery of can we stay healthy in this you know in this game that might be a blowout. Yeah. The uh, hmm, I was going to say something about the about the seating or whatever, but anyway. Uh, oh, I know. Would you ever be like in the NFL? They reseed. Yes, no. Yeah, I I like I like looking at the bracket, and knowing what's going to happen. Gonna you know, you, you can kind of look ahead, and you can start to gather up film. And you know, we have some assistant coaches who work a, a week or two ahead uh, throughout the season. So uh, you know, those guys can uh, you know they can kind of start doing their homework. It's it's a little more predictable uh, when it when it sticks like that. And you know, I think if you're the you know, if you're the sixth seed and, and, you know, you go beat the, the three seed, then, you know, you should be wherever you are in the bracket sure. too, I, yep. you know, I, I think. And, 
Um, you know, going back to to the the buy, the other thing that gives you is a chance, and, and we we kind of did this at the end of the season anyway, but it gives you a chance to self scout a little bit. And uh, you know, we put Coach Marston, uh, you know, basically broke down our offense for the entire year. He and, and Coach Bonavie, and uh, you know, they were able to you know give us some things like, hey, when you know you guys are in this formation, you do this a lot, or uh, you know, when this guy lines up in this way, you know, it's a little bit of a tell. Uh, so those are some things that you know you can clean up in a in a bye week as well. One of the first times I ever met Mike Haley, uh, he was giving a speech at the Maine Football Clinic yep. about self-scouting in, yep. in the off-season or at the end of the season and really being honest about, wow, like you said, we every time we're in that formation, 80% of the time we run this play, whoa, you know that? Yeah, it certainly makes you go back. You know, as a play caller, you, you, you start really – you know, going back and saying, yeah, when we line this guy up like this, he does do that most of the time. And uh, so then you can make some subtle adjustments and, uh, you know, you, you give away less by, by formation and alignment to people. Uh, you know, maybe you run, run to the field all the time or you like to run to your sideline all the time or things like that. You know, you see those tendencies over the course of the year. And, uh, you know, if you can go against the grain a little bit in a playoff game or, uh, you know, you, you just – you know, you have an idea of what the other team might be thinking. That's that's a little bit of an advantage. So I, I remember Mike talking about it when when he was on our staff. Oh sure. Uh, you know, same deal. So uh, Freeport. Yeah, Freeport. Kind of a surprise. Is that, is that a surprise to you? Well, uh, you know, it, Freeport's a little bit of a tough team to get a read on because in the regular season their schedule wasn't you know super tough. Uh, Cape was the only team I think they played with a winning record. Um, and that was a 21-20 game in the regular season. So it came right down to an extra point, and uh, Freeport lost that one in a tight one. And so, you know, to me it really was a, a pick em game, and, uh, you know, a lot of respect for Cape. I, I thought they were one of the best teams we played this year. So uh, for Freeport to beat them, I think, you know, speaks pretty highly of them. And, uh, you know, they have three really good running backs. Um, you know, the, those guys, they, they spread the ball around pretty good to all three of them. Uh, the quarterback is also a pretty good runner. Uh, out of the backfield, he's got some good wheels when he gets out of the pocket. Um, they have a nice tight end, a couple of linemen who, who are pretty good. Uh, so, you know, they're a fairly well-rounded team, a lot of team speed on defense. They they run to the ball well, and, uh, you know, Coach St. Pierre has done a good job. You know, they went developmental last year. They, they won it down there. He kind of has, has got a good thing going. And, uh, you know, right now they're a team with a, with a lot of momentum. So it's going to be a tough game, we think. Well, great. Well, thanks. You got it. And uh, good luck. Uh, I got to talk to you about I think we're going to be here Friday. Oh, awesome. And uh, anyway, if I'll see you next week. All right. Sounds All right, good. Take care. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. And now there's a new winning team to add to the list. Spectrum Orthopedics, an all-star roster of orthopedic experts delivering top care right here in your backyard. Spectrum Orthopedics is made up of three of the area's top orthopedic practices. OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, and Falmouth Orthopedic Center. Spectrum Orthopedics makes it easier for physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff to share resources and work as one, making patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about Spectrum Orthopedics and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com forward slash ortho. I'm here with Lewis and head football coach Darren Hartley. Uh, coach, uh, 178 uh, Battle of the Bridge goes Lewiston's way. Yes, sir. Feel pretty good, didn't it? Yeah, it was great. We uh, 
you know, it's nice to have a plan and a strategy and be able to follow through on it. Uh, the kids were great. They, they did a couple things that we weren't initially ready for. Uh, even in the first series, we were able to make the adjustments on the fly. Kids didn't get down. Um, we, we really overcame some of our adversity and some of our anxiety and, and, you know, relatively played almost a complete game. We was very, very proud of our kids up front and defensively we pursued to the ball. We tackled better. Just not a lot of mental breakdowns. I'm very proud of where we, how we played last Friday. I thought there were two things, because I, I did the game, as you know. Uh, I thought there was a, a spell just before the half when you guys were in position to maybe kick a field goal and whatever. And I don't know what everybody did in the huddle, but you were, you were not amused, I guess is the way I would say it. You called timeout, and we couldn't quite hear you upstairs, but probably, <laughs> probably just as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, i got to be honest with you. you uh, that, and so probably that, that's the point where, you know, when you, when, you, when you put your foot on the gas and you've got a chance to put yeah. someone away, Again, that was where we, we had fumbled, I believe, on an ISO. We've done that. It's the second or third time we've done that this year where we had a chance to really put some distance between us and our opponent. And that juncture in the game, I really felt like if we could just pound them right there and, and do it again physically, that would kind of put them away and put them in, into a place that they've been before and make it easier for their kids to quit. And So I was a little... Um, let's Peeved. just say uncomfortable Peeved. that we couldn't finish right there. Sure. I did think that there was one other time, there were two things that I thought in the game. The second one was uh, I wasn't keep tracking of it, uh, keeping track of it. AJ was. He said that you had 15 penalties. Does that yeah. sound right? I, I'm not certain we had 15 penalties. I, I will tell you this. Um, and I spoke to the athletic director, our athletic director, uh, late in the game. And he was, uh, he was pretty trite with me, and he said, well, you wouldn't be getting so many penalties if you guys would keep your mouth shut. And I said, we, we haven't received one penalty from our language or our mouths. Those were late hit, unnecessary roughness penalties. And he, he and I both literally, he looked at me and I looked at him, and he couldn't believe it. And I haven't done a thing with it, but you pull that film up, and that's one of those instances, Coach, where you as a coach can pull that film up, and I don't have anything to say to my guys except for that's the way to finish plays. Our kids way to played the, hard. Way to the whistle. And if you could see that film and could watch how seeing the game start to become unbalanced and very easily where the balance can simply come in from a, a, a rag, Mm -hmm. That the other, the, that the personnel in officiating thinks that we were doing something unnecessary, and in my opinion, it couldn't be further from the truth. I sure. don't coach that. Our kids don't coach that. Yeah. We haven't had any penalties from that all year long, not one. And we took five in a row in the mid to third quarter to late start of the fourth quarter for late hits. Late yeah. hits and unnecessary reference. Yeah, there were a couple of signals I didn't quite understand what they were. I guess. You know, when you look at the old uh, picture of the referee's signal, uh, the one that isn't on there from the old days is two fists together, which is helmet to helmet. I, I had to think about that. I go, oh, I know what that is. That's helmet to helmet and whatever. But anyway, yeah, I thought there were a lot of penalties. They had nine. Yale had nine. Uh, just a lot of whatever. And, you know, we're seeing it in the NFL. I Either, either uh, the officials are so... 
either out of position so you start making calls because you thought that's what it was or we're we're not doing a very good job and kids are doing all kinds of holding and yeah. the NFL holding is so blatant it's yeah, well, awful. We the can't. juncture in the game where I, I actually took a penalty, which I haven't I think I've had five in my maybe three in my career. I took a penalty because I directly looked at the referee and I said, This isn't right. And I repeated it because the ensuing play was a first down rush for us. And then he called a late hit on one of our guys, which was a dead ball foul. Sure, a dead ball. Well, if you bring up the film, I was telling him it's not right because we got the first down. It's first and 10, Lewiston. Mm-hmm. Now you put the 15-yard penalty for unnecessary not roughness, late hit, dead ball. So now it should be first down and 25 for us. Well, what they did was they didn't credit us with the first down. They moved us back and then changed the marker to fourth down in the middle of the play. So I took a rag for telling the official that this isn't right. This isn't right. And the gentleman on my sideline, who's a good friend of mine, they just he they just wouldn't acknowledge me. He asked he sent me to the referee. But when I said this isn't right, you haven't applied this properly, and he he said, yes, we did. And I said, this isn't right. And I got ragged for it. And I was right. I, if, you, if you listen to the broadcast, I said, wait, this, this doesn't make sense to me. It's a, that was a dead ball foul. You know? Correct. So. And so that, that was a point where, you know, I, yeah. took a, I took a rag. And it's worth it. And it was worth you, you've it. You've got to stand up for your team. And they got to know, not that you're going to go crazy, but they got to know that you're going to stick with them. No and, and, and again, it's like that I was taking a rag because it wasn't that I was trying to be disrespectful to the officials I was trying to just plead with them literally and I was pleading this isn't right it's you don't have it right and that's why I got a rag now Bonnie Eagle second time yes Uh, I did the game here Uh, it it kind of hinged on the inadvertent whistle and it was a pretty close ball game at that time 21-14 I think yes and and, uh, then wouldn't they the next play (laughs) get an 80-yard touchdown on a slip screen so um it seems to me that you can play with them. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to stay away from penalties and mistakes like any time. Right. Yeah, our, our entire goal, very simple, is we need to be consistent and follow through on our job offensively. We just can't make mistakes. We have to execute. And the de- defensively, you know, something we certainly harped on all year, if we don't get more physical, we cannot play against them. Sure. They're just a very systematically tough physical football team. And we have to be more physical defensively. Sure. If we are, and maybe we can get a couple breaks, it should be a classic. We have a chance to really compete Friday night. Sure. Now, there isn't any chance that they move that to, Friday, to Saturday. We haven't heard anything, haven't heard but anything. I, I suspect it's, there's no chance Yeah. based they, on what the weather they, says. They, they've got a good field, and they typically like to play on Friday night if they can. Right, yeah. right. Well, Coach, good luck. Thank you. And uh, I will talk to you maybe next week. May I All hope right, so. that'd be good. Thank you. Yankee Ford Brunswick, formerly Tucker Ford, is community-driven and will go above and beyond to ensure customer satisfaction. Whether you lease or purchase a new or used Ford, they are thrilled to assist you. To learn about their financing options or schedule a service appointment, give Yankee Ford Brunswick a call at 725-1228 or visit them at 262 Bath Road in Brunswick. Yankee Ford Brunswick is a proud sponsor of tonight's Brunswick Dragons playoff action. Well, playoff time is here in Class A, and we have Oxford Hills head coach Mark Soren on the line with us talking some Oxford Hills versus Sanford football coming up Friday night. 
there, and Oxford Hill is getting a home game. Coach, I know it was kind of nail-biter down at the end of the year, whether or not you're going to get that home game. How happy are you to be home at the Guayan Athletic Complex here Friday night? Oh, it's it's great. I mean, our our first goal every year is to, well, to make playoffs. Of course, this year everyone did, but uh, and the second one is to have a home playoff game. And, you know, the way that things went early, just uh, some things had to go our way that we were in control with, and they, oh, they should say, and they did. And, um yeah, it was exciting. You know, we took care of things we needed to at that point, and, and things fell into our lap. So staying at home and having that game, especially against Sanford, is a big deal to be at home. Yeah, you touched on Sanford. They've been kind of a thorn in your side recently. You've had to go to their place, though. What makes them such a tough team? They've obviously had a tough second half of this year with some of their injuries, but in general, I mean, what makes them uh, such a tough matchup in your opinion? Well, I think, you know, you know I don't know what – the specifics are, it's hard to say, but it does seem like they match up just in general pretty well against us. The truth is we kind of do the same against Bonnie Eagle. Bonnie Eagle kind of always struggled with us even when they've beaten us. Um, and I think Coach Fallon over there does a great job with them. I think he's a pretty underrated coach, actually. Um, he should be in discussion as one of the best ones in the state. And their kids this year in particular are – there's a lot of talent there. They're a senior-laden team. They knew that this year was a big year for them. Um, you know, when we played them that second game of the year, I really thought that they were a legitimate state championship team, um, and not that they aren't. They still are. They're, so it'll be a tough game uh, with them. They, they have always been a tough out for us. Certainly. Tell me a little bit more about Wyatt Knightley. He's had to play quarterback now with Atticus Soren getting hurt but now he's stepped in and threw a pair of touchdown passes against Bangor in that victory for you the other day. Uh, he's a young guy. Tell us a little about his background. Yeah, Wyatt uh, is a great story. He's, uh, he's just a kid that has always sort of stuck with it, and he's grown a lot in the last couple of years, both, I, think, I would say, emotionally and physically. You know, he's about six foot now, and he's a confident kid. That class, that sophomore class, has been very talented. They've you know, won championships in their leagues. Um, I think they've maybe only lost one game ever. Uh, they so they know how to play and they know how to win. You know, earlier in the year when we were when we were doing this, when we you know Atticus was even healthy, um, we had Wyatt backing him up and the other my other son is a backup. And I had said to the coaches, I'm like, well, I I do feel comfortable if we do have to go to the backups that I think Wyatt and Eli, but Wyatt would do a great job and he has and he he really has he. He listens. I think he's a good leader. He's always enthusiastic. Um, you know, I never see him have a down day. Um, it's it's been fun coaching him. And then you touched on your uh, your younger son there, Eli. He's there in the wings as well. In fact, we saw him play a little bit. I believe the first game Atticus missed. And so, tell us about as a ninth grader him being able to contribute right away. Yeah, he's you know he's always been kind of like that too. His class again is one of those classes that I think they've lost one game ever. You know, and they mm-hmm. went undefeated this year, and they're just a group of kids that are very confident in their abilities. And Eli's always been confident in his abilities. He, he just he really thinks he can do anything, and, and for the most part, he has. You know, even even kicking and punting. We certainly didn't know who was going to be our kicker and punter, and I didn't necessarily think it was going to be Elias. But he he likes doing those things, and so when we worked him out and did things he you know he went out and won those those positions and he's only gotten better i just sometimes amazed at how good he is i you know living with him he doesn't practice at home it's not like he's <laughs> doing that 
Um, so <laughs> he, he sort of is a knack. He just has this ability to go out, <coughs> excuse me, and make plays and and have a good time. And he, you know, the, those moments haven't been too big for him. He's been all right with it. You know, there's a, when we got him in that Scarborough game, you could see he was he was a little nervous in that game. But that's probably the first time in my life I've ever seen him really nervous. So. You know, I, I, Wise doing a great job. I think Elias could do a great job. Um, Elias is now starting for us on the, the defensive side of the ball, again, which is one of those things that I wouldn't have predicted. Um, he just sort of hop, hopped in, and he gets he just happens to be a kid who's in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, he just he's just a kid that sort of has worked his way into this and been a kid that we trust. And so he's had those opportunities, and he's done a good job. Certainly. Well, how is everyone health-wise going into the postseason? I know we obviously Atticus is out, but elsewhere, how is everything? Yeah, other thing, we're we're looking good. I mean, the kids the kids look good. You know, other than your typical kind of bumps and bruises at this time of year, you know, you you get this late in the year, you back off a little bit in the length of your practices and a little less conditioning and that sort of thing. So kids have a little more time to recover and. Kids, the kids look good. They, they, um, no lingering issues. I mean, Atticus is a significant one, but we feel confident in Wyatt and uh, the team. Uh, and then are the receivers. We touched on how good Aston Brown's been this year in past interviews. How are the receivers adjusting to a different quarterback? Because I know obviously you can only get certain so many reps throughout the year with multiple QBs in practice. So how's that been going? I, I mean, it's gone well. You know, certainly it is different when you bring in a different quarterback. He. They just look at the field differently, and you know Addison got a lot of looks from Atticus. There was um, that was sort of an easy combination between those two, and Wyatt. You know he just he of course Addison and Atticus are in the same class and have, have that rapport, and you get Wyatt in, and he does a nice job. He spreads the ball around. I mean certainly he looks for Addison, but those other kids tend to get a few more looks as well, and and they're all talented, you know so whether you've got Isaiah or J.J. or Ty, you know, Addison, Tanner Herrick. I mean, those kids all can catch a ball. And they're, they all have their strengths. And so, you know, they, I think in some ways, uh, you know, it's something it used to. In other ways, they're like, oh, you know, I, I might get a ball in a different situation with a different quarterback. And then switching over to the defensive side of the ball, it seems like the games I've seen, you guys have been pretty stout defensively, but there have been, you know, occasional big plays that have, have burned the Vikings this year. What have you been – focusing on in practice to try to limit that, especially if Levine's healthy and playing for Sanford and his big playability. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the, sort of the bane of our existence. You look at um, really all four losses, and you can go back to big plays over the middle, with uh, the, really mostly the pass game. And that's just something week in and week out that we work on. We're certainly we're very, very young in the, in the defensive backfield. And mm-hmm. we work different combinations of kids. You know, Elias, like I said, kind of worked his way in there just because of how sort of reliable he's been. And, you know, we work some double-team stuff. We work some press stuff. We, you know, I talked to the kids about not playing afraid this week and, and just really focusing on having fun and, and, and don't worry about screwing up. You know, I think sometimes when that happens and you get stuff over the top, Kids play a little tentative, and I said, you know, this is a fun game. Let's just go out and have some fun. And, and you know, we, we did some drills where some competitions where the kids really got into it, and I said, just remember what this feels like. This is what game situations are like. And, and hopefully that transfers over with the kids because they, they are talented and they are fast. They just, you know, just got to believe themselves. All right, Mark Soren, thank you so much for joining us here. And kick off 7 o'clock. Friday night, it'll be on MBR's Facebook page and on 92.7 Ox Country. Thanks again. Thanks, Aaron.